Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, Episode 24. Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast. My name is Mark R. LePage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. So what do you want to accomplish in your life? When I was younger, a major priority in my life was to become rich and famous. And I knew in order to become rich and famous and successful, I needed to write a plan, a business plan. You know, you read all the business books and they all say you have to write a business plan. Well, I wrote about 10 business plans and life plans before I ever completed one. And as I matured and my family grew, my priorities changed and becoming rich and famous wasn't so important anymore. Today, my definition of success is contentment, to be happy. So what do you want your life to be? Who do you, who do you want to be? The E-Myth Revisited book that I, I just recently wrote a, um, a review about in, the, in this week's uh, blog post, uh, it's E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Um, in that book, he uses an exercise to determine what is truly important in our lives and what we really want our lives to become. And so he suggests that you imagine your funeral. Yes, the day you die and everyone is gathered around, all your family and friends, 
and imagine what they'd be saying about you at that event. Uh, so what do you want them to be saying about you? And that really is what your life plan should be about. Um, it's what you want others to think about when you are gone. What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to leave when you're no longer here? So, and creating a life plan is how you're going to get there. Today on the Entrepreneur Architect Podcast, I'm going to talk about how to create your life plan. And I'm going to walk you through my very own business plan. The plan that I developed back in 2006 for Five Cat Studio. Since 2006, my plans have evolved pretty significantly and my current plan looks much different than what I'm going to share with you today. But back in 2006, that was the year I enrolled in the local business academy and I learned the things that I didn't know that I didn't know. And that was also the year that everything changed for Five Cat Studio. And this plan that I'm going to share with you today is the reason for that change. So stick with me and we'll get right into it. But before we get into today's topic, I want to just give you a very quick reminder about two important issues happening right now. The first is the Entrepreneur Architect Business Trends Survey. I've been talking about it for the last two weeks. Uh, it runs until April 4th. Uh, so that'll be four weeks of the survey. My goal is a thousand responses. I'm around 500. I'm not sure I'm going to hit 1,000, but I would really, really love your help to try to hit my target of a thousand responses. If you haven't yet responded and contributed to the Entrepreneur Architect Business Trend Survey, it takes only 10 minutes. Um, it asks very simple yes/no questions, and if you do it. I'll share the results with you so you'll know the answers to the questions that I'm asking as well. Um, so you can go to entrearchitect.com slash survey and uh, you can take that survey for me. And also, please share it with everybody you know. Share it on Facebook and Twitter and put it on your, on your webpage. Everybody that you know that's an architect or a uh, designer in architecture, they're all welcome. Uh, domestic, international, every architect that listens to the Entrepreneur Architect or may listen to the Entrepreneur Architect uh, is welcome to take that survey. So please spread the word. And the second thing, real quick, is the art, uh, the architecture business plan competition that I'm a, a jury member for. It's being run by the, um, uh, the Charette Venture Group, and the winner will uh, have a trip to Chicago, courtesy of Charette Venture Group, and the winner gets $10,000. And there's some other prizes as well. So um, go to architectbusinessplancompetition.com and uh, you'll have more details there on how to enter. So let's get right into this week's topic, business plans. And basically life plans. And really what I'm going to share is my business plan, but I'm going to give you an outline for your life plan. Um, and really your, your life plan starts with your dreams. So you want to think about what, what is it that you want your life to become? You want to dream about it. So if you had unlimited funds, what would you be doing? If money wasn't an issue, what would you create? I want you to write that down. It doesn't need to be a long giant narrative. It just needs to be a couple sentences. What are the things 
that you want your life to be. And those are your dreams. The next thing is your vision. And visions basically are dreams that have more clarity and they have more de de definition and more detail. Um, what I like to do, and I'm going to get into my business plan now. This is the first part of my business plan back in 2006. Um, this is not my current business plan, but this is the business plan back in 2006 that I wrote for Five Cat Studio. And it started with a vision narrative. And as creatives, the vision narrative is a lot of fun. Um, it, it could be as short or as long as you want. And the idea is that you create a, um, a written narrative describing what you want your life to be. Um, I have about three or four pages of my vision narrative. It doesn't need to be that long. Um, but once you get into it, you'll find that it, you could get carried away with it. Because really what you want is you want to talk about what your dreams are, what you want your life to be, and write it in detail. Um, my vision narrative, I wrote it as a 15-year vision narrative. And it starts with a, a little... Uh, intro that says the following is written as a creative visionary statement of what five cat studio could become if we had no limits it is written as a stream of consciousness and should be read as if it was a state of the business report for the year 2021 and remember it was written back in 2006 so um and what i did is i went through and i talked about um how i wanted to provide a single source for architecture, for residential architecture, interior design, landscape architecture, construction and property management. And I wanted to base it on high trust customer service and build a brand, the Five Cat Studio brand, um, that, that defined fine residential design and construction in the tri-state region, the New York tri-state region. And so that's how I started it. That's what I wanted it to be. Um, and much of that carried on through today. Um, I never executed the single source. I, I decided that it wasn't the direction that we wanted to go. Um, but building the brand of Five Cat Studio is something that was a high priority, and we did that and, and succeeded in that. Um, the next part of the vision narrative that we had was we wanted to create regional showrooms that were located in affluent uh, communities such as Chappaqua, Chappaqua where, where I live, um, in Bedford, Scarsdale, New Canaan, Greenwich, some of those towns you may have heard of, um, you may not have, but uh, those are um, communities north of New York City, north of Manhattan, and it's where m many of the executives uh, and the people that have quite a bit of money live. Um, and so that's where we wanted to work because the work that we wanted to do is very high-end, very detailed-oriented architecture. Um, and then I got into some specifics. The company earns, and remember this is a, a uh, written as if it was a business, uh, state of the business uh, uh, document from 2021. So I'm looking into the future and I'm writing it as if it was the present. And so the company earns a gross revenue in excess of $20 million per year. So that's what I imagined in 15 years we would be doing. Each location provides a, quote, local firm presence in each community and functions as a meeting facility, a design showroom, and a retail boutique. Selling items such as plumbing fixtures, lighting, furniture, and accessories, the showrooms are the physical face of Five Cat Studio. So I wanted to create sort of these retail 
uh, outlets that were located in you know one in each of these communities that would become the face of Five Cat Studio and it would kind of build the brand around design and architecture and the architecture would be part of that. Um, and then I got into the design development and production occur in a single central located studio. So I wanted to have a hub. I wanted to have a hub where all the architecture happened um, and then the sales and the, and the client meetings would happen in these uh, retail spaces. Uh, at one time, I imagined that this would, could also happen in, in uh, you know, sort of the, uh, the high-end shopping malls, that we would have a shopping mall store and those things would happen. It was a, a dream of mine when I was younger that that would be uh, the way we would do it. Even before I even went to architecture school, that was an idea that I had that I think today would still work. I think all of these ideas would still work. It's just my priorities changed, and so I never executed a lot of this. Um, then I got into every residential project is designed and developed and built by Five Cat Studio. Typical project investments range from 300000 to a $1 million dollars. Five Cat Studio offers premium service in projects in excess of $1 million. So I would have a separate premium service for projects over a $1 million. And construction services are performed in-house by construction crews that were employed by Five Cat Studio. So that was the, that was the plan. Um, and then I had another section in it. And remember, this is a dream. This is a vision narrative. This is, I'm just letting this all out and, uh, and having a lot of fun with it. And I'm not worried about money or whether it's realistic. It's just, uh, it's the first step in getting your ideas down on paper. And so that's what this exercise is about. It's about getting all of your ideas, no matter how crazy they may be, uh, down on paper. And it, and it gets you started. It builds momentum for the rest of your plan. Um, the next section talks about uh, something that I called Five Cat Diamonds. And they were one-of-a-kind custom homes designed and built uh, with the world's finest materials and detailed to perfection. Diamonds are small but precious, it says. Each one is unique and crafted with perfection. Five Cat Diamonds are intended to be used as vacation homes or weekend getaways. Diamonds are sold through an exclusive network of elite buyers. Um, so that was something that we wanted to do. And that's actually something that we still have in our plans. We still plan on building these high-end small homes. Um, that's a goal that we have for the current Five Cat Studio. Uh, and I'm going to document that on the podcast and through the blog as we as we do that. We're working right now on building our debt zero business. And so that's the first step towards that. I just recently did a podcast. The, the episode 23 um, is the uh, build a debt zero business. So if you want to listen to that, you can go to entrearchitect.com slash episode 23. Um, but that that's one of our goals still. Our goals are still to build our own homes and develop our own projects without clients. Uh, and then the next step in our, in our vision narrative was five cat certified pre-owned homes. So, and, and I have in parentheses needs a better name. So I know that's a, needs a better name, but the idea was that similar to, you know, a car companies that sell, you know, cars as certified pre-owned vehicles, uh, we would do something similar where we would buy existing homes and we would rehabilitate them and we would update them. And we'd uh, design them to have a, a signature five cat style. So when you see them right away, you'd know that they're five cat projects. And they would have they would be certified using a hundred point checklist, ensuring that each home is a top quality. And that's something that would you know we would build the brand around, and we would be able to market using that. Um, and we would call them five cat homes. And 
and they'd be backed by a five-year unconditional warranty. So people would buy them, much like you know a vehicle. They would build buy this house without any worry. They they would know that if anything went wrong with the house, that we would cover it. Whether that's realistic or not, I don't know. Um, it doesn't need to be in this exercise. Then I get into uh, built upon a reputation of superior customer service and the highest standards of excellence. Five Cat Studio is recognized as the industry leader in custom residential and construction, a residential design and construction. The Five Cat Studio brand represents, quote, living well. And so that's something that we uh, did work on. And that's something that we developed. And that's, that is, we don't use the living well slogan anymore, but that's one of the ways we built the Five Cat brand on living well. And then I have a definition of what living well is. It says living well is, number one, home. A home is well built with care and attention to every detail inside and out. A home is planned with intention, is safety and healthy, is safe and healthy. A home is where people grow and memories are made. Every house is not necessarily a home. A home is living well. And then number two is work. A healthy workplace encourages pride, growth, friendship, trust, respect, and support. Working with people you trust toward a common goal and contributing to society in a positive way is living well. So now I'm, I'm sort of talking about how the culture was going to be built, you know, within the company. Then the third one was health. Physical, emotional, and spiritual healthy people are happy. Happiness is living well. Number four is courage. To achieve all that is possible, you must attempt the impossible. To be all that you can be, you must dream of being more. That's a quote that I I picked up somewhere around fourth or fifth grade on one of those little cardboard signs in my classroom that never left my brain. And I, I live by that to this day. And it says reaching for your dreams is living well. Number five and the final one was giving back. Living well is not only about personal growth and development, it's about helping others to live well too, providing hope where there, there is where there is despair and supporting those less fortunate is living well. So it, it sort of starts creating an outline and a, and a structure on how the rest of the uh, plan was going to go. Um, then we got into another thing that is something that um, we do still plan on doing. It's a passion of ours is, is uh, giving back. And, it says the success of Five Cat Studio has allowed the company to give back in many ways. And remember, we're, we're talking about a $20 million company that we're talking about here. Uh, in addition to providing exceptionally well-built custom homes to customers with superior satisfaction and providing employees with an extraordinary work environment, Five Cat Studio has worked hard to provide hope and support for many animals in need. And then I talk about in 2007... Five Cat Studio. So this was a year later after we, after I wrote this, that I was imagining that a year from when I wrote this back in 2007, still the future back then, uh, past now, obviously. In 2007, Five Cat Studio established the Amazing Grace Animal Foundation, uh, Animal Rescue Foundation, uh, also known as AGARF, A-G-A-R-F. Uh, Amazing Grace was actually one of our uh, dogs that uh, it was a rescued Rottweiler that we fell in love with, and she's passed now. And we were going to name the Animal Rescue Foundation after Amazing Grace. Um, we may still do that. We the foundation is definitely start still part of our plans, and Animal Rescue is part of our life. So so that's certainly part of what we do today. Um, and I get into Agarf is a nonprofit organization 
dedicated to the rescue of unwanted, mishandled, abused, or neglected dogs, specializing in large, quote, misunderstood breeds, such as Rottweilers and American Staffordshire Terriers. The foundation provides financial and educational support to local organizations with parallel missions. Five Cat Studio provides continuing support uh, to the foundation. So we would build this Five Cat Studio, this $20 million company, and one of the things that we would do is we would support this foundation uh, with our profits. And we would help large breeds such as Rottweilers and Pit Bulls, the dogs that that get put into um, shelters and, and most of them don't ever get out. Uh, we would take them and we would rehabilitate them and we would make them good citizens and we would adopt them back out. And then for the dogs that don't have a place uh, that, that can't be re- rehabilitated, we would have a facility that would um, allow those dogs to go and have a home and have a life for the rest of their lives. And that's something we still plan on doing. Um, and then I get into get into the details of how that uh, the the animal rescue center where we would have this facility, uh, and I describe that in some detail. Then I get into in 2008, Five Cat Studio began providing architectural and construction services to not not for profit organizations dedicated to supporting animal rescue and rehabilitation. Animal centric rehabilitation and care facilities have been designed and built throughout the United States. So we would. Um, design and consult for uh, animal rescue facilities. And that's also something that we still have in our plan that uh, we would uh, create these, this foundation for our, our own foundation or the, for this facility for our own foundation. And in doing that, uh, we would learn and, and know what to do and consult other um, animal-centric rehabil- rehabilitation centers uh, on how to build and design um, facilities for, uh, dogs and cats. So that's the, um, the vision narrative, the 15 vision, 15 year vision narrative. I encourage you to do that first and have some fun with it and don't set any limits and just go for it. And what I'm going to do next is get into, um, uh, the, how this vision narrative can, become your vision statement. So I'll be right, right back with that. I'm going to go get a drink of water. Okay. So I'm back. Um, the next thing on my, my business plan back in 2006 is the unifying philosophy statement. And so that's sort of a one liner really short, uh, that kind of talks about the, uh, philosophy of your company. And that's not, that's certainly optional. Um, most business plans don't have something like that, but that's something that we did that we wanted to create, uh, a, a philosophy, uh, philosophy statement that, uh, everybody in the company can kind of rally around and understand what we're all about. And ours was back in 2006 was live well. And that, you know, that's not that the idea behind that was, you know, not only are we designing great homes that allow our clients to live well, but it also was an idea that we would build a company, a great and enduring company that would allow our employees to live well and in turn would allow us to live well. And so that statement was very important uh, to all of us. It, the, the philosophy behind that still stands to this day. Uh, we just don't use the live well uh, statement anymore. Um, the next step is the vision statement, which most business plans have is a vision statement. Um, and 
our vision statement was enrich the lives of every client, every employee, and those less fortunate by building a great and enduring company dedicated to innovative home design and superior customer experience. I know Bob Borson right now is rolling his eyes. Uh, he wrote a whole blog post on vision statements and mission statements. And, and, uh, and that right there mm-hmm. is a definition of what he said was not what not to do. Um, the idea behind a, a, a vision statement is basically a, a way of describing what your vision for the company is. Um, it's different from, from a mission statement. A mission statement is a little more action-oriented. A vision statement is sort of a, the, the dream with details. Um, and so that was our dream with v- details back uh, in 2006. The, um, the, the next step is the mission statement. And our mission statement back in 2006 was establish Five Cat Studio as the premier brand of fine residential design and construction services in the tri-state region while maintaining our five guiding principles. And so that was our, our mission was to cr- become this premier brand in the tri-state region. Um, and, but, but by maintaining these principles, number one, cultivate the enthusiastic satisf- satisfaction of every client by providing superior service ensuring a remarkably positive experience before, during, and after every project. Number two, apply the highest standards of excellence to the design, development, and construction of every project. Number three, provide an extraordinary work environment and encourage professional and personal growth for every employee. Number four, contribute positively to our community and provide hope and support to those less fortunate. Number five, Recognize that profitability is essential to the success of the four guiding principles above. So back, even back in 2006, I was, I was preaching the word of profitability. Um, so it's number five of our five guiding principles back in 2006. That mission statement is pretty close to still what we're, 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 we're running our company on today. Um, those guiding principles are, are certainly still valid for Five Cat Studio. Um, then the next step in the business plan is the culture statement. Again, this is an optional thing that, uh, I sort of created. I've seen other business plans have this, but this is sort of a way for us to, uh, encourage the culture within our studio today with our, with our virtual studio, uh, the culture is a very different dynamic, but this was based on, uh, having a studio full of people and a company, uh, that was, you know, working from retail spaces with this hub of a central studio and five cat studios foundations foundation of values was, um, kindness. And then it says, be kind even when others are not. So this is the culture that we want to build. And this is the culture that we, we really do still have today. And we live by honesty, always tell the truth and communicate with clarity, integrity, say what you mean, do what you promise when you promise every time. Respect. Treat all people as you would want to be treated. Confidence. Know your subject. Speak and act with confidence. Knowledge. Learn something new every day and then teach it to someone else. Family. Keep your priorities in focus. For us, our family is our top priority. Innovation. Constantly look for the better way. And creativity. Think out of the box. 
So that's our culture statement. That's what we wanted our employees, and today we still live by that. That's what we want our culture to be. And so culture is something that sort of happens by the the collecting, you know, having the right people in the right places. Um, but if you create this structure and and encourage people to live by this these foundation of values, um, the culture can become something pretty amazing. The next thing is strategies. Strategies number four. So or number number one strategy. So you get into strategies on how you can do these things. Um, the number one strategy was focus efforts on the firm. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Focus efforts of the firm on the target market of residential additions and alterations projects ranging in construction costs between $300,000 and $500,000. So now this, these are strategies on how we're going to go from a, um, you know, this is, you know, these, these things from, let me clarify this. So from the unifying unifying uh, philosophy statement through the vision statement, through the mission statement, these are no longer 20 years from now. This is 2006. This is the, the vision statement is really something is just an exercise to kind of get you to this point. But this is the draft business plan that I wrote in 2006. First, this is the first draft and this had gone through many, many iterations after this. Um, but from the, uh, philosophy statement through the vision statement, mission statement. Those were actually what we wrote for our company in 2006, a culture statement. Those are all right up. So these strategies were strategies on how do we, uh, accomplish the mission. That's really the goal is accomplish the, the mission. Um, and these were the strategies that we would use to accomplish the mission. So, uh, strategy number one, focus efforts on a firm, of the firm on a target market of residential additions and alterations ranging in construction costs between $300,000 and $500,000. So we, we established a target market, very, very critical point in our, in our company's history. Um, before this plan, we had no target market. We took whatever we could get. That target market is one of the things that took our firm from a nobody to a leading company in the, in the region. Um, just knowing who we were and what we wanted to do and the strategy on how we were going to get there. So we were going to focus our efforts on that target market. Number two, eliminate multi-point client contact and provide a single source throughout the design and construction process. Guide and direct the entire design and construction process to ensure an enhanced client experience. So that was a strategy that we were going to use uh, to to build this company that would have this single source um, uh, you know, contact. So we would eliminate multi-point client contact. So they wouldn't have to hire a, an architect and a construction manager and an interior designer and a landscape designer. That our our plan at the time was to have one person that they would meet with, and they would guide the the whole project from the beginning to the end. Um, number three, educate our clients so that they can better understand the process, and we can better manage their expectations. We still do that today. Number four. Develop internal systems. There you go, systems. If you read last week's post um, or this week's post about the uh, the E Myth Revisited, um, it's all about building systems. Get that book and read it. Um, develop internal systems to provide consistent, predictable, and profitable service for every uh, for each and every project. It's a key to success to be consistent, predictable, and profitable. Um, number five, cross-market the services of Five Cat Studio and the efforts of the Amazing Grace Animal Rescue Foundation. And so we would 
we would build Five Cat Studio with um, the the Amazing Grace Foundation, and we would build the Amazing Grace Grace Foundation using Five Cat Studio. That was a strategy. So um, then we get into goals and objectives. We're gonna take a quick drink. Doing a lot of talking tonight. Okay, goals and objectives. Number one. So now we're getting into specifics. You know, the strategies are sort of broad strategies. Goals and objectives are much more specific. You want to say what you want to do and when do you want to do it. Goals without dates are dreams. They don't exist if they don't have uh, deadlines. Um, so number one, obtain contracts for two new target market projects by the end of quarter four, 2006. So this was written in 2006. I'm getting right into it with saying my first goal is to get two new target market projects in the fourth quarter of 2006. Um, increase annual revenues to $500,000, uh, 28% increase from 2006 by the end of Q4 2007. So uh, we were our, our goal was to reach fi- a $500,000 annual revenue um, by the end of Q4 2007. So that was a year and some change after we wrote this um, this this plan, and it was a 28% increase, um, the $500,000 goal. Increase profit 10% by the end of Q4 2007. So increase your avenue your annual revenues to 500, and then increase our profit of those revenues through those revenues by 10% by that same time by Q4 2007. Number four, the fourth goal, grow grow annual revenue to $550,000, 10% by the end of Q4 2008. So in two years, we wanted to go from 500 uh, to uh, 550 and then increase profit to 15% by the end of Q4 2008. And then number six, determine the viability of establishing a charity foundation by the end of Q, Q2 2007. So again, we were we were hoping to start that foundation a year after we wrote this plan. We're that that that's still part of our plan. Uh, we've decided to focus on Five Cat Studio and build the brand of Five Cat Studio before we do that foundation. Um, so the plan has changed and evolved, and that's still in it, and uh, we still plan on doing that. Okay, after goals and objectives, the next big piece, the next heading is market action plans. So now you have, let's go back real quick. We have strategies, kind of broad-based. So we're, we're funneling down into the very specifics. Strategies are sort of broad-based. Uh, how are you going to do it? Goals and objectives are getting more specific. Here's what we're going to do and when we're going to do it by. Um, marketing action plans. Now we're going to get into very specific things. What are we going to physically do? What are, what actions are we going to take? And I break this up into lead generation and what's the other one? The other one is lead conversion. So I break it up, some action plans on how I'm going to generate more leads, more projects. How am I going to get more projects to ring the phone uh, and give me the opportunity to turn them into uh, conversions and actually get contracts? So the first section is lead generation. And then I have number one, and I get specific, again, very specific. Mark LePage will revise the, the website, fivecat.com, to focus on current target market and launch by the end of Q4 2006. So when I wrote the plan, 
I assigned myself the job to revise the website at fivecat.com, which was a completely different website than it is today, to focus on a target market. At the time, we had everything on there. We had our, our restaurants that we had designed and our salons that we had designed and the house additions that we designed and the, and the target market projects that we had designed. So my plan and what I did by the end of Q, uh, Q4 2006 um, is to re- redesign the website so it only focused on my target market. I didn't. I, I, I loved the projects that we had done as, as restaurants and the other things that we did, but our strategy was to focus in on a very specific residential target market. And so everything that a client or a potential client would see needed to say, that's what this company does. So that's what I did. Uh, and then I actually have subheadings under that um, that action plan. Update previous website with photos and descriptions of recently comp- completed projects. So now I'm kind of talking about how I'm going to uh, revise the website. B, update the online uh, article called the process of architecture to match the current process. So I had an article on the website that people could download that described very specifically how Five Cat Studios process worked, um, and because we were changing it and we were we were updating the process, I needed to update that article and, and post it on the website. And then in development, numbers or letter C is develop and add a frequently asked questions section to respond to client quote unquote pain points. So, what are the things that clients ask you every interview, every time they have uh, a question? Those questions that are asked at every interview are frequently asked questions. You can create a, a page on your website that answers those questions before they even meet you. And so you can educate your client and help them um, uh, understand the process before they even meet you. So number two in lead generation, outsource the development of a printed brochure for distribution to target market by the end of Q2 2007. So I wanted to create this printed document that we would uh, we would send out to clients um, back in 2006. That's what we're doing today. We don't do that at all. Today we don't have any printed materials. Everything is is digital and online. Um, and then I had a an office manager named Nicole. So I very specifically um, assigned a you know this second um, brochure. So it says. In the letter A is Mark and Nicole will research marketing firms specializing in small business and having experience with service firms, preferably experience with architectural or design firms. So we were not only going to develop this brochure, we were going to hire a marketing company to develop it for us. Never did it. Um, letter B, and that's that's also a very good lesson to learn. The plan is the plan, but the plans evolve. It gives you a structure to to uh, grow your company but not everything in the plan is going to happen. It, it changes, your priorities change, your business environments change. Um, and so it, you update your plan every year. So once you have this written, then every year you revisit it and you, and you update it and, and revise it and it evolves. And the plan that we have today started with this plan that I'm talking about tonight. It started with all these, these topics and, uh, and over time, you know, many, many, probably a dozen rewrites um, it's completely different today, uh, but it all started here. So letter B in, in uh, outsource the development of a printed brochure is obtain proposals from three marketing firms by the end of Q1 2007. Again, very specific deadline. 
Letter C, Nicole will prepare a mailing list of target market prospects by the end of Q2 2007. So now I'm, I'm focusing in on target market. So we were going to establish a mailing list uh, of the people that we wanted to uh, market our services to. Uh, and then a subheading to the letter C is current contact list. So names and addresses by zip code using the telephone directory, white pages. Isn't that funny? Actually, the white pages book back in 2007. Um, those are used now as doorstops. Uh, number three of C is purchase mailing list for specific districts within a target market zip code. So you can actually go to the post office and you can get a, um, a mailing list of, of specific uh, target market zip codes or, or addresses for specific zip codes. Uh, direct mail and new brochure uh, to target market by the mid Q3 2007. So we're going to develop this, this brochure and we're going to get the mailing list established. We're going to, uh, and then we're going to mail it directly to our target market by mid Q3 2007. Okay, now number three, this is a new, um, this is a new action plan for lead generation. Number three is Mark LePage will, will write three articles for publication in the local town magazines by the end of Q2 2007. That's something that I did do and um, was very, very useful and helpful in, in marketing Five Cat Studio is getting out there and, and writing, getting in, in the uh, publications that your target market reads. And so we have a couple of magazines and newspapers locally here in uh, in Westchester County, New York, and I and I wrote some articles for that. So I have write about what to expect when working with a residential architect, quote unquote, or quote codes to watch out for, or quote what to do when you need a zoning variance. So those are the type of articles that that I had in the action plan. So I'm getting very specific again. Um, and number four. Outsource the construction of, a, of lawn sign frames to increase stature of current lawn signs. Current signs are weak and convey a message of cheapness without painted wood frames. Um, so we had, and still have, plastic lawn signs that we had printed up that look great, but because they're only you know plastic lawn signs, um, they didn't represent 5Cat Studio the way we wanted 5Cat Studio to be represented. So... Um, we had frames made for them that look great. We still use those today. Then I have uh, Mark will prepare a drawing for distribution to woodworkers by Q1 2007, and Nicole will obtain quotes from three woodworkers by the end of Q1 2007. I ended up building them myself in my own workshop. Um, number five, start actively cultivating word of mouth by the end of Q4 2006. Quick drink. Okay, um, so how do we do that? Prepare photo books of complete construction process and gift to clients at the end of each project. So that was my my action plan. And I did do that and, and often do that still with, with specific clients. Um, put together a photo book of, of the process, of, you know, construction drawings before and after, uh, and some great professional photography at the end. So uh, they're reminded of what they had and the process they went through with you. And um, a... a um, some great photographs of the space at the end. And what they do is they put it on their coffee table. And when their friends come over, they share it with their friends. And it has your big logo on the front of it and says, Five Cat Studio did this amazing project. And word of mouth happens. Those friends start talking to other friends. And those friends talk to other friends. 
and they have this great book and they showed the photographs and it's wonderful and that's what happens with word of mouth and so that was our plan and we did do that it worked very well number six ha this is funny number six start a web blog or a blog for fine residential design and construction and link the blog from fivecat.com so this plan right here which i haven't read since 2006 i'm reading it for the first time uh since 2000 you know in years and years uh this original plan it was before i started my first blog my first blog was called living well in westchester it's still out there if you google it it's still out there i haven't updated in in a couple of years uh since i've been focused on entrepreneur architect um that's where all my effort goes now but i started that blog in 2006 and it was uh, an action plan on in this business plan um and uh and it worked that worked wonderfully so if anybody's considering whether a blog works or not trust me blogs work clients read them they get educated they learn about you they learn who you are anybody who's a regular reader of entrepreneur architect you have a sense of who i am and and what i do and 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 the personality that i have when you listen to the podcast you kind of get a sense of who i am um Think about that from your client's point of view. When If you can do that for a client and then you have an interview with that client, uh, they already know who you are. They already have a feeling like you're their friend. Uh, it works really, really well. So I encourage everybody to start a blog. Uh, number seven, network with Business Council of Westchester starting in Q1 2007. So I, I joined the, the local chamber of commerce in, in Westchester County. It's called the Business Council of Westchester um, and did some networking there. And, distrib- and, and distributed the um, the brochure and the uh, the we created a folder-based portfolio, printed portfolio that we shared there as well. Number eight, advertise in local luxury lifestyle magazines by the end of Q4 2008. Something that we didn't do. It's just and actually, letter A under eight is increased marketing budget to accommodate advertising costs. We didn't do that because it's it was expensive at the time. We we were also trying to as as I mentioned earlier, we're trying to raise our revenues and, and increase our profits. And that expense just wasn't going to work. Uh, number 10, explore idea of local seminar series pre- presented by uh, Mark LePage and determine the benefits by Q4 of 2008. That's something that uh, I think would work very well. It's not something that we ever d- did do, but certainly the seeds of Entrepreneur Architect are there. And when I wrote this, Entrepreneur Architect didn't exist. Entrepreneur Architect happened, uh, I think it started in 2007 on LinkedIn and uh, and the blog didn't start until later than that. So um, th- that was, uh, and I'm not sure if those dates are right. I'll, I'll have to check those. But um, the seeds of the local seminar series and teaching other people what we do uh, certainly were there in that plan for Entrepreneur Architect. So I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Um, we were talking about marketing action plans and we started with lead generation and now we're going to, going to get into uh, lead conversion. I get quite a bit of feedback from the blog and on the podcast for um, information on how to find new projects and how to turn them into into new contracts. And so here it is. I'm sharing my plan back in 2006. This is a plan that, that you can take and these things will work. 
Many of them we, we uh, took action on. Uh, many of them we, we took action on and, ch- and changed our mind because we did the research and decided that things weren't working for us. But all of these are ideas that you can use. You can take everything that I'm talking about in this podcast and, um, and take action on them yourself. Uh, and, and I know that they'll, they'll either succeed or they'll take you to your next step. So I encourage you to, uh, to try some of these things. So now we'll get into lead conversion. So lead generation is to get clients to know who you are and give you a call. And lead generation is getting them to sign a contract and, and actually get a project. So Number one under lead conversion is Mark LePage will develop a template for case study project sheets by the end of Q1 2007. A project sheet will be a single page printed in-house on demand and will include two photos of, and a brief description of the project and a client. So it's sort of like a one-page uh, brochure on a very specific one project. Um, and then B is Nicole will prepare project sheets for all completed projects by the end of Q2 2007. And upon completion of each project, Nicole will prepare uh, a new project sheet. So what we did, and we don't do this anymore because we don't use printed material, but at the time, um, and this worked really, really well, is that when we prepared our proposals, we would have a folder and we would pull from our project sheets sort of a custom uh, portfolio of projects that were specific to the projects we were going after for this client. So if, if this was a client that had a modern house and it was a family room addition, we would pull the projects that we did that were similar to that or that we would think that would appeal to this client. And so instead of sending them a generic brochure, we would send them very specific project sheets. It was very, very successful. Um, number two, Mark LePage will develop a folder-based portfolio for distribution to prospective clients during the client interview process by the end of Q1 2007. That is something that we still use today. We still use the, actually, we're in the process of evolving out of that, but we still still send printed portfolio, um, which basically, uh, I'll have to do another podcast on that specifically, but we put our proposal in there, uh, the hybrid proposal that we use today, uh, entrearchitect.com slash hybrid. You can purchase a, a course on how to prepare your own proposal. Uh, and I give you my templates. So a quick plug. Um, but we put that proposal in the folder-based portfolio and then we put project sheets and, and it's in the other folder. And so it comes as a really nice, it's a dark blue folder, glossy folder. Uh, we have a, a decal that we have our logo put on uh, that we put put it on the folder, and then when they open it up, they have on one side the proposal and the other side project sheets. Very, very successful. It says the folder-based por- portfolio will contain relevant case study project sheets targeted to specific p- prospective client, a printed version of the process of architecture article that I talked about earlier, a printed version of the of the frequently asked questions, a business card, and a printed brochure. So that's what in, our folders would have. Uh, number three, track lead source, um, website, mail brochure, word of mouth, lawn sign. I wanted to know where these people were coming from. Uh, conversion time and the closing statistics uh, for each client interview. So we would track our success in in the changes that we were making. This way we would know what worked and what didn't work. So that was the um, marketing action plan. The next 
item is an operations act action plan. So now this was going going internal into the company and what we we're going to do to improve the success of the of Five Cat Studio. Uh, operations action plan number one: by actively pursuing the marketing plan above, obtain contracts for eight new residential additions and alteration projects, averaging. $400,000 in construction costs by the end of Q4 2007. Remember, this is pre-recession. Um, this was not, you know, this was shooting high and, and you know, sort of a lofty goal. Uh, but this was something that we actually accomplished. This, you know, they were, they were today we're, we're back in that environment where I am. Uh, we're very, very busy right now. Um, and back in 2006, we were very busy. Um, and this was the beginning of of taking Five Cat to the to the next step, and so uh, the next couple of years before you know from 2006 to 2009, uh, 2009 was was uh, our best year ever. Although this year I think we're going to top 2009, because uh, we have some very large projects that we're working on, and we reduced expenses uh, significantly when we went virtual. Um, so that was uh, very successful. In, in our current situation. I'll do that in a, on another podcast. Um, number two, hire one additional project manager by the end of Q2 2007. So I'm, I'm looking to hire people at the time um, to, to grow the company. Number three, establish strategic alliances with five general contractors or construction managers by the end of Q2 2007 in order to gain more control and efficiency during bidding and construction phases. A, Companies shall be pre-screened and pre-qualified, establishing an internal certified status ready for recommendation to clients. B, develop pre-screening forms to be used during initial telephone interviews. C, develop pre-qualification application to confirm qualifications of potential candidate firms during the in-studio interview. So we sort of, we, we didn't get this specific and this formal in, in our certification process. But over time, we've done this. And I think a lot of architects do this with contractors that they work with very often. They, they sort of know who they want to work with. And what we were doing, we were doing it proactively um, back in 2006 to, to create this list of contractors that we were comfortable uh, recommending to our clients, and which makes our job easier when you're working with good, client, good contractors. Number four, establish a strategic alliance with a residential construction cost estimator by the end of Q2 2007 and offer schematic design phase and design development phase estimates to new clients. That's something we do. We do do. Uh, we don't use an estimator. We use general contractors, but we, we do estimates on every job in schematic design. Number five, Nicole will complete the 5CAT Studio operations manual by Q2 2007. Operations manual is something that they talk about in the e-myth. One of the things that make companies uh, run smoother and uh, you build your systems and you, you document your systems in operations manual. Uh, that is something that we did. We had a draft operations manual that evolved and evolved. Um, today, our operations manuals haven't been updated in a long time. And so that's something that needs to be uh, probably put on my action plan for the next revision. A, Mark will meet with Nicole on a weekly basis to review progress and establish weekly goals. So being very proactive in getting this operations manual completed. And that is the end of my plan from 2006. So I started with my um, 
15-year vision narrative. And then I got into the um, vision or the unifying uh, philosophy statement, the vision statement, the mission statement, the culture statement. Then we got into strategies, sort of broad stroke strategies on how you're going to get where you want to go. Goals and objectives. So you're getting more specific with, uh, with deadlines. Then we get into action plans and you actually assign those goals and objectives and, and actual action uh, actions on how you uh, accomplish those goals with specific people and specific deadlines. For one, I did one for marketing and I did one for, uh, and the marketing was broken up into lead generation and lead conversion. And then the last one was operations action plan. And that was the first business plan uh, that we had completed. And there was actually one before this that was literally a one-page action, uh, one-page business plan. And the one-page business plan is, is if you've done, if you've gone through this process over and over again, and you've done what I've done and, and written ten business plans, and and never finished one. Here's what you need to do. Here's 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 the action for this podcast. Um, take one sheet of paper, and add your vision statement and all your goals and your mission statement. And that's your life plan. Start with that. Just do that. Vision statement, goals, mission statement. That's the beginning of your life plan. Um, you can for for your for your life plan. That what I described earlier is the is the business plan. The life plan. Then you can do the same thing that I did for the business. Is you create plans for each part of your life. You can have goals set for uh, your career. You can set goals for your finances. You can set goal, uh, uh, spiritual goals, family goals, physical goals, um, health, you know, health goals, intellectual goals, social goals. You can you can set goals for all of those things and go through the same process that I described for the business, uh, for those other pieces of your life, and then you can bring them all together and integrate your business with your life, and you create this life plan, and that plan can be the plan that you use to, you know, guide the rest of your life. And that too should evolve on a, on an annual basis. You should review that and see where you, where you are today and revise it as necessary. Your priorities will change. The, the environment around you will change. Your family will change. And that will allow you to have a structure on which you can accomplish the things you want to accomplish and create the life that you want to live that you that you want to create uh and and uh at the end of the day uh you'll you'll reach the the goals that you want to achieve and and live the life that you want to live and so that's it so my business plan step by step how you can create your own life plan do the same thing for these other parts of your life put them all together and you have a life plan but again start with one sheet of paper add your vision statement your goals your mission statement and and say done that's my vision my that's my one page life plan and then evolve from there so there you have it that's my step-by-step process on how to create your own business plan sharing my own business plan for five cat studio uh, written back in December of 2006. Um, 
I actually titled it Draft Business Plan for Five Cat Studio. And I have a quote on the cover of it. It says, if you can dream it, you can do it. Always remember that this whole thing was started with a dream and a mouse. That's a quote from Walt Disney. Anne-Marie and I actually had that painted on our walls when we first moved into our house here in Chappaqua. It's a good reminder that, that if you can dream it, you can do it. And if you write a plan, you can accomplish it. So go do it. Before I go, I want to just remind you to leave a review on iTunes. You can go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes and leave a review or a rating. I'd really, really appreciate it if you did that. Um, and don't forget to complete the Entrepreneur Architect Business Trends Survey at entrearchitect.com slash survey. That'll be very helpful and useful for me uh, as well as for you because I'll share my results with you. And don't forget the architectbusinessplancompetition.com, architectbusinessplancompetition.com, and, uh, and win 10 grand and a trip to Chicago uh, right around the time of the AIA convention. It's all strategically planned to happen around the same time. So, so that's it. That's all I have for you this week. Until next time, my name is Mark R. LePage, and I am an entrepreneur architect. Thanks so much for listening. mentioned it to my family but in terms of telling people like oh yeah we're doing this i'm looking for projects you got anything yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me dreaming of launching your own architecture firm well buckle up for a wild ride with emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm where do we begin we don't even know what type of business to formalize as is it an llc is it an llp like how are taxes i mean the list is astronomical season one featured founders jeffrey lexi and chris owners of level studio architecture are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio one evening stumbled into one last dive we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. 
calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.